The following is a sponsored program on 100.7 FM, WHIN 1010 AM. The views, information, or opinions expressed during this program are solely those of the individuals or participants involved and do not necessarily represent those of Braden Madison Broadcasting or its employees. 100.7 FM, WHIN 1010 AM presents Sumner County Spotlight, a weekly public affairs program each Sunday morning at 10 AM. Here's your host for Sumner County Spotlight, Jeff Shannon. And good morning and welcome to Sumner County Spotlight uh, with Jeff Shannon right here on another Sunday morning as we uh, break into a new spotlight. I discovered this gentleman. A lot of people know him. You love him. It's Adam Cripps. He's the principal over at Ellis Middle School right here in Hendersonville. And Mr. Cripps, thank you for coming in. Thank you, Mr. Shannon, for this opportunity to Absolutely. share about myself, but then also to share some wonderful things about Ellis Middle School. Yeah, well, it's a great campus. But let's just get to, get to know you a little bit. Uh, tell everybody about yourself. Sure. So uh, I've been a resident of Hendersonville since 1985. I went to Nanny Berry Elementary School. I went to Hawkins Middle School, graduated Hendersonville High School. I spent a year at University of Tennessee in Knoxville, then three years in Chattanooga, and then returned back to mm. Hendersonville. Became a teacher at Ellis Middle School in 1998. Wow. So I was there for about four years, and then I transitioned to Station Camp High School when it opened up, and I was there a year and a half before being asked to move to Watt Hardison Elementary in Portland to become an assistant principal. Uh, that was my first time at the elementary level, my first time to work in Portland. So I was there for about four years and then took over for the school that became George Witten Elementary. Uh, when Mr. Witten passed away, mm -hmm. the school was renamed from Wessington Place to George okay. Witten Elementary. So I, uh, I moved into that leadership position. That was my first opportunity to be a principal. So I was there uh, for six years. And uh, then Dr. Phillips gave me the opportunity to transition to Station Camp Elementary. When Dr. Cash left and went over to Union University, it was in, it was in July. That was the same year that uh, the school board and the county commission, there was a shutdown trying to work out some budget concerns. So that gave me a little bit more time to learn the community of Station Camp Elementary. But I was at Station Camp Elementary elementary for four years and then had the opportunity to transition to Robert E. Ellis Middle School. My son was there at the time, so that was a, uh, an important thing for me. And it's where I grew up. Um, mm. I'm, I'm living now back in the home that I grew up in. So, But again, I've been in Hendersonville a long time, Sumner County a long time. Uh, love it here. I think it's the best place to live, to raise a family, to engage in the community. So this is my eighth year going in at uh, Robert E. Ellis Middle School as the principal. And great community, great faculty and staff, students, parents, could not ask for more. So sure. just blessed to be a part of this great community. Now, did you see a difference, and I'm sure there is, between elementary school and middle school, dealing with the kids, you know, <laughs> they get a little feisty as they get a little older. Well, I think what happens is as students transition out of elementary school into middle school, the brain is developing at a level where now more independent thought, discovering and making decisions on your own uh, with guidance, but also at the same time attempting to uh, discover things that may be outside the bound the boundaries. But uh, again, students are students. They you know they have a passion for what they're doing, both in the educational setting and in the extracurricular setting. They're navigating that experience together with each other. So our job is to help them discover how do you share this space together? How do you both uh, achieve your goals around each other, support each other, and not place labels on each other and judge each other for your differences or your, your uh, different interests? 
Uh, that's a tough challenge at the mm-hmm. middle school level. At the elementary level, there's a higher level of impulse, maybe acting uh, without thinking. So a lot of the guidance is happening there to get students to slow down and to really think about uh, mm-hmm. what they're doing and own the performance that they show each and every day. Uh, at the middle school level, that does continue, but they gain more self-control. They gain more independent thought. Uh, they become more accountable for their performance and their actions. So our goal is to increase that year after year so that when they transition to high school, they're ready to make the most wise decisions as uh, credits count, uh, graduation matters, and building a future outside or beyond high school becomes more and more essential for, uh, for that planning process. But yeah, there's a big difference between elementary and middle. The thing that we're excited about is it opens up opportunities for students to explore their interest outside of the classroom uh, through extracurricular activities. So seeing students uh, expand their potential in that Mm -hmm. manner is exciting to watch. Sure. And and I remember thinking, because back when I was in law enforcement, I used to go to the schools and, you know, and the elementary level was incredible because they're just like sponges. They're all in awe of everything. And, but I'll tell you, by the time they got to fifth grade, you saw the attitudes change. I mean, it, it was a real difference. I mean, you know, just by looking at them kind of, and not that you're targeting but you could say there's issues there he's going to be in jail but you know, <laughs> you know but, what? <laughs> but i'll tell you this you know what is uh so rewarding is when you see those students enter into middle school in the sixth grade they are they're thirsty again like kindergartners mm-hmm. they want to please they want to explore they're big kids now they are yeah but you get that reverse from going from fifth grade where you are now king of the hill <laughs> And now you're sixth grade. It's a new experience, but they come in so enthusiastic. Mm -hmm. It's fun. Uh, It's fun to walk around them uh, in the hallways, to celebrate with them, to encourage them, to build them up, to pick them up when you need to. And so it's it's just a a rewarding experience um, at the middle school level just to kind of see their growth, their transition from sixth grade to eighth grade, Mm -hmm. and just to see that maturing, the developing uh, it's, it's a great opportunity for us as adults. Well, I think people realize how important and what an impact teachers have on people's lives. You can count that many, many times, how people have graduated college and came back to see their teacher. You know, that has to feel so good. And let them tell you, you made such an impact on my life. Now, you know, coaches, and because I look back on my coaches from high school and things like that, and I still remember these guys because they, they had such influence on me and, and guidance uh, to direct me. And it's, it's something that sticks with you forever. So teachers, I mean, definitely have an impact on, on people's lives, not just uh, educational and learning. Yes, sir. I think that when a student visits and shares that experience, shares the impact that uh, a teacher had or others that work in the educational field have had. It is. That is the the ultimate reward. Each and every day we plant seeds. We try to nourish certain outcomes, but we don't always realize it in the moment. Mm -hmm. But when you see that, okay, it did happen. The seed that I planted, it did grow year after year. And look at this individual now at the college level or beyond. They're so successful. And they remember the -hmm. conversations. They remember the actions, the trips, the games, all the things that happened, and it shaped them. And maybe uh, they didn't fully realize it in the moment. Mm -hmm. And maybe as a teacher or other professional that you didn't realize it in the moment. But the difference is being made each and every day. So that is very rewarding when those uh, students come back to visit to share that experience. And it just solidifies 
why we do what we do. And I think it's it, it, for for teachers, you know, it's like uh, you have a kid, you you know, go through all middle school or some teachers, maybe they've, they've swapped schools and maybe even continue with them in high school. But to sit there and look at these little kids and they come back next year and they're going, whoa, what happened to you? <laughs> it was like me. I mean, I when I was in sixth grade, I'm same size I am right now. I'm 6'2", and I just shot up. And it was like, where did that happen? And people go, oh. and my son's the same way. You know, the teachers went, is Brandon? <laughs> yes. Come on. It's great to see that. Yeah. And, and we, we, we have to remind them that, you know, you're developing right now. You know, what's happening with you right now, I know it feels so real, but understand that next year, next week, there may be something that develops within you that changes, you know, mm-hmm. everything, your perspective, your outlook, you know, so, you know, be patient, give it time. You're going to develop uh, what's happening now, something different may be happening later. So middle school, high school, college, you have your whole life ahead of you. You're going to grow, you're going to change. So make the right decisions now to open doors and keep those doors open. But understand that you know you're going to develop, sure. and having them see that that, this, that things are going to change, that life will change, is important. Yeah, you've seen this over the many years you've been in the education system. The change in the educational process and techniques that you're we're now teaching the kids. Like I see some of the things they're doing. Is, I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah. I mean, that's an ongoing thing, I imagine. But you you have to have like that ongoing education to learn this new system. You know, if the if the county comes and says, "Hey, we're implementing this new way of teaching math," oh, I'd be I'd be stressed out. <laughs> I think the 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 biggest transition really is around the application of the knowledge. You know, when I grew up, you know, going through school in the you know late seventies and eighties, uh, and then into the nineties, a lot of of what we received was information, but not always having the opportunity to apply that information in a specific real world way. The focus now is so much on the application of it. So how can you use that knowledge to solve a real world problem? How would you apply that knowledge into a career? Mm -hmm. So finding those opportunities for our students, whether it be through technology, whether it be through collaborative experiences with professionals out in the field, giving them that opportunity to apply the knowledge to see how do you use this to solve a problem together? Because mm-hmm. rarely do we solve problems in isolation. Mm-hmm. In most cases, in most professions, there's a team working together, collaborating, recognizing the strengths of one another, and then taking their knowledge, blending that knowledge, and then solving a problem. So that's that's our focus. Right. So how do you address the situation when you hear, ah, don't even worry about learning that. You'll never use that in real life. And, and I've said it myself. I mean, I know it's a dumb statement, but I have to, I'm a visual person. I have to see it applied. And how am I going to use this to get to what I want to do? And, and I like what you, what you just said, that now you're, it's an application process. And so they can correlate the two. Okay, I can use that at some yes. point. I think what we emphasize is making sure to keep all doors open. If you, at this age, begin to limit your potential because you have a certain perspective, hey, I'm not going to do this, or maybe I'm just going to do that, then you're closing doors early. You're going to grow. You're going to develop. You want as many doors open, as many Mm -hmm. possibilities out there that when you fully decide what pathway you're going to take, that those doors are open. So if you begin to say, hey, I'm not going to use, you know, this math formula, or I'm never going to need to know, you know, this coming from a computer technology class. Typing, for example. Students, that's an area that we, we try to focus on. When you, you know, in our, our, our technology classes, at least a little bit every day. When I was in high school, and I'm sure as you too, you know, typing on a, oh, type, a, 
typewriter. Yeah. I saw uh, one of those on the internet the other yeah. day. Somebody was selling and I go, what? Yeah. <laughs> but I think that what happens is we word process so much now. Mm-hmm. And if I could not type efficiently using the appropriate techniques, then I probably could not produce as much work as I can now. Mm-hmm. So what we try to talk to our students about is that if you think it's a skill that you don't need, it's because it may not be a skill that you're using right now in your everyday life, but as you branch into a career and you see the demand for word processing, or when you see the demand for using software in a productive way through whether it be a Microsoft product or a different product, mm-hmm. um, you have to produce an outcome, a presentation, a spreadsheet, a publication, something of that nature. And if you're so focused on the aspect of it that's just fun through gaming and social media, then you've lost, again, a door has closed. Yeah. So we just emphasize, keep all doors open. You don't know for sure what pathway you're going to take. And if you start closing those doors now, you're going to regret it. You know, it's so glad that, that you have visualized that for me, because I think it is something that people really need to do. Because if they come in and they say, well, I'm not going to do anything. I'm just going to you know, be a welder or whatever. You're going to make good money to start with, but <laughs> how are you going to use English in that? You know right. what I mean? But it's it's more than that. You will have to use it at some point. Or some people say, what am I going to ever use chemistry for or, or trigonometry? It's like, okay, show me how I can use that. And, you know, and that's good that you guys are, are recognizing that and proceeding forward. But we have, we have a lot more to talk about. I'm going to just take a quick break, and then we'll be right back. We're talking with Principal Adam Cripps over at Ellis Middle School right here in Hendersonville. So stick around. We'll be right back with more of Sumner County Spotlight. Thanks for listening to Sumner County Spotlight, a weekly public affairs program heard each and every Sunday right here on WHIN. Or you can listen on our podcast page at whinradio.com. If you'd like to become a sponsor of this program, reach out to me, Jeff Shannon, at jeff at whinradio.com. And welcome back to Sumter County Spotlight. Uh, we are going to continue our conversation with Principal Adam Cripps with Ellis Middle School right here in Hendersonville. We're really having an interesting conversation on this and because he has just done an incredible job over there. I think um, last year you got a pretty prestigious award. What was that? So it was uh, the the 2023 uh, Principal of the Year recognition. That was such an honor. Oh, um, yeah. I have the pleasure of, of working alongside so many talented administrators. So to receive that recognition, to receive a vote of confidence from uh, those administrators that I collaborate with as much as possible, that was an honor for me. And um, it's one that, that I share, though. I, when, uh, when I was recognized that day, uh, in our gymnasium, and all the students were present. Uh, Mrs. Whitaker, the assistant principal, did a great job of keeping it such a secret, getting all the students in the uh, gym, wow. and then a lot of visitors from our central office came. But you know, my message to our team, our our school team, is that this is a recognition for us all. It's not just me. It's it's it takes many of us working together to produce an outcome, a shared vision. And so and so that's what occurred. Uh, we've been working hard to increase the amount of just collaboration and feedback, uh, student engagement, and then also partnering with other schools and other members of our central office mm-hmm. to make sure that we are the best school that we can be. And I think just a product of that was the recognition itself. It's just the hard work that we're all doing. And I may have gotten recognized for it, but I truly have to, to give it to, to our full team. Well, and I was going to say, you know, the, the team, you have to have a good team. 
Because that just makes your job a lot easier. Yes, sir. You know, and if you you got everybody that's on the same page with you, you know, since taking over, and you said you've been at LS eight years now. This is it. Since coming in, how's it, how has it changed from when you first took over till where it is now? And maybe what would you have done different? Yes, sir. I'll say, number one, that uh, Opal Poe, uh, the principal that I worked under when I was a teacher there, built a strong foundation for Ellis Middle School, mm-hmm. uh, a foundation of high expectations, a foundation of accountability from student uh, to teacher to parent. So when Darren Frank took over the leadership role after Opal retired, he continued that tradition. So I was fortunate to come into a school with a strong foundation of high expectations. So my work, what I wanted to focus the most on was collaboration, making sure that we are reflecting uh, on our practices, making sure that we maintain a growth mindset, a mindset that allows us to identify the areas that we can improve, Mm -hmm. and then to create a plan around that. And that only happens through collaboration. Mm -hmm. Uh, So we increased collaboration, we increased uh, the feedback process to make sure that we were spending uh, more time in teachers' classrooms, but also teachers were spending time in each other's classrooms. Uh, we've got a program now where a teacher uh, shadows a student all day long, and they're able to go class to class. They take all the assessments. They do the work. They eat lunch with them. So it's really giving teachers that experience of what is it like truly to be a student at Ellis Middle School. Mm -hmm. But that was part of that vision of collaboration, of feedback, um, of making sure that we are growing and looking at it from all angles, all perspectives. So that's the work that that I have tried to do there at Ellis Mm -hmm. is to really increase collaboration, increase, again, the feedback process, and then increase the application of knowledge, as we talked about earlier, making sure that our focus is on how do students take the the knowledge that we are providing and then apply that in a real-world setting. So I'll say that those are the main things that I've worked with our teams there to achieve. What would you say to your eight-year-ago self, knowing what you know now? What would you tell yourself? (laughs) Get ready. I think what I would have uh, done differently would have been to recognize or maybe to do a little bit more research on the primary differences between elementary and middle school. I transitioned from, you know, 10 years being or 14 years being in the elementary setting and coming into a middle school. So some of the practices that I may have applied immediately uh, were things that I had pulled from my elementary experience. Uh, And I think that those things did go well, but there are tweaks that could have been made Mm -hmm. with a greater understanding of the nature of middle school, the nature of the middle school student. So those are some things that I would have done differently. But I will say that I had great people around me that were able to coach me um, into that knowledge to show, you know, here's, you know, how that operates. Uh, Here are the expectations in that area. And so it, it helped me close that knowledge gap pretty quickly so that as we got into year two, three, four, and beyond, that I was able to move through different school improvement efforts uh, with a greater understanding of the adolescent brain, the, the nature of teachers at the middle school level, and then the nature of myself growing as an administrator uh, to make sure that I'm growing and changing. Um, as someone who started as an administrator back in 2000, and let's see, it was 2006, to make sure that I'm growing and changing myself to become better each year. What is something or an accomplishment that you're most proud of during your tenure here? I will say that I'm most proud of, and I'm gonna I'm gonna keep it very specific to Ellis. Okay. But I tried to establish this culture wherever I've been. But we have a theme at Ellis called One Ellis, and it's been a theme uh, for us for about five years now. 
And it really focuses in on embracing everybody. Everybody has value. Um, everybody plays an important role. Mm-hmm. So regardless of uh, your interest, regardless of what you look like, what you wear, how you speak, we all bring value each and every day. So let's embrace each other. Let's celebrate our differences. Those differences make us better. So when you hear one Ellis, when you see one Ellis, uh, that's what it means. It mm-hmm. means, again, that we protect each other. So I'm most proud of that. I'm most proud of creating those types of environments at each school that I've been a part of because, again, working together, you know, collaborating, respecting our differences is the key to growth. Well, too, and, and having people aboard or around you that are smarter than you. Yes, sir. Because that's that's going to make things so much easier. Yes, you know? sir. Yeah. And, I, and, I've, and I'm full of that now. I've got people <laughs> around me from yeah. Mrs. Whitaker to the full leadership team that we have at Ellis Middle School. Um, it is such a pleasure to be around individuals that uh, in some situations are more capable than I am. The best thing that I can do is just get out of the way in those situations. <laughs> Maybe give some feedback, but get out of the way because that's what it's all about is empowering people uh, building capacity, and 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 when you've supported that development, it's then time to hand it off, move aside, and see those things take off. And they right. really do it, Ellis. Yeah. And so I'm very proud of that too. Well, and two, I think having the back and having the support of the school board, Scott Langford and, and the crew down there are just amazing people, and they've done such a, such a great job for Summer County Schools and created this reputation of greatness. And and you have, I mean, just being aboard as as a principal. Knowing that they have your back has to mean a lot. Yes, sir. Um, I had a great relationship with each director or superintendent, you know, ranging from Mr. Hyde to uh, Mr. Bills and then Dr. <laughs> Phillips. But when Dr. Langford was selected, a real sigh of relief was felt. Yeah. And mainly because of the empathy that he shows. He knows what's going on. Mm-hmm. He knows the times that are going where you're going to celebrate, but he also knows those times that you have to dig in, you have to be tough, you have to analyze, but you have to listen, and he does that well. Very excited to have him as our leader, very excited to have him as a role model, and so anytime I get a chance to uh, speak with him, collaborate with sure. him, invite him to our school, uh, he comes. Yeah. Uh, he was. We had a pep rally a couple weeks ago, and he was one of our judges, along with uh, several others from the central office. Uh, he visited us uh, visited us on the uh, the first professional learning day with our teachers. He came last year and participated in a scavenger hunt type event uh, with us. So he's all in. He's with us. He's there. He's he's he communicates well. So very excited to have him as our leader. Well, if he just wasn't so short. I mean, how does he fit through the doorways? I, I don't know. I'm just yeah. saying. I <laughs> but you always know, rag on him. <laughs> with, 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 for an individual to have such a commanding presence, yes. yeah. he has such an empathetic and soft yeah. Yeah, um, you know, approach. So, again, it, he's just a real real joy to be around. Absolutely. Well, last year, I mean, you, you've heard of the, the Golden Apple Awards and the, and the uh, Hendersonville Chamber Foundation, which has given these teacher grants, which has been a, an incredible program that they've done. And I was talking to Kathleen. They have over over four hundred thousand dollars that they've issued to teachers and, and since its inception, and it just keeps growing. Last year, you had a couple of teachers that received these Golden Apple grants, and I am just so fascinated with you know what these teachers' vision are and how they want to take it because you had I guess it was Amy Bratcher. Yes, sir. Amy Bratcher did a journalism lab. Yes, sir. 
I mean, that $2,700 came in real handy, but it's, it's taking that and, and using it, again, like we said before, using it in a real yes, world sir. kind of environment. And then Siobhan Henley was the uh, building thinking classes. Yes, sir. And so what is that? What yes, is, sir. Uh, I'll start out with Miss Bratcher. Okay. Uh, yeah. Miss Bratcher has done a phenomenal job in our library. Uh, she has revolutionized the library, the practices in the library. So the journalism lab was really an extension of some of the new approaches that she's using with our students through multimedia sources uh, to produce not just things through writing, but also through publications. We have every Friday what we call the Cougar News Network. Um, I need to make sure that you you see a, a sample of this, yeah. a group of kids. It's it's a production. Yeah, it's like and a little studio. Back it is. They got the cameras yeah. and everything. Yeah, yeah, it, it is. It's great. Um, and again, the technology gained from that grant made that possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, but these students are rock stars. They are professionals. Um, but they bring us the news of the week. They bring us events coming ahead. They celebrate. They interview. It is just exceptional. So just to see them have that opportunity to expand uh, their potential in that area, but then all of our students benefit from that each Absolutely. Friday. Uh, so that, that's one thing. Uh, Ms. Bratcher also is our yearbook coordinator. So she uses some of that technology to enhance the way that our yearbook is done. Mm-hmm. Mrs. Henley with the thinking classroom. Mrs. Henley transitioned as an ELA teacher to math last year. Okay. And the thinking classroom was an approach that her and her uh, team uh, mates at the seventh grade level all embraced. So if you were to walk into a thinking classroom environment, you're going to see groups of students spread throughout the room on marker boards, working collaboratively problems, different types of problems, mm-hmm. problems that they have they did in the past on previous units or problems that they're working through in the current unit. So Mrs. Henley will provide a base level of knowledge, but then allow that productive struggle to happen, that problem mm-hmm. solving, that frustration level can build. And then she'll provide, again, that hurdle help, but not going too far to over-scaffold and, and provide them the, the help that would just answer the question for them. So if you walk into that classroom, you're going to see, again, that collaboration, that productive struggle, the real-world problem-solving with a teacher facilitating the learning and not dictating the learning. Right. Uh, and that's, it's amazing. Well, that's one of the great things about the Golden Apple uh, grants and, and these awards. It's able to take their vision to a new level because obviously a lot of this is not in the budget and we know how budgets go. <laughs> but I think it's incredible that, you know, the chamber is using this to support teachers and support education and, and really help these teachers do some incredible things. And who knows, this little project they might have going on might affect this person for the rest of their lives, yes, you know. Like we had, you know, goat farms, we've had, you know, labs and robotics and STEM and all of these things that they were able to use it for to help expand these these children's thinking and way of working in the real world. So kudos going out for the grants. And I know the the grant applications, the process is over now for this year. So get ready. We're going to be announcing some winners here pretty soon, I'm sure. (laughs) We have uh, four. We've submitted four this year. Okay. Uh, And all of the the ones that we submitted this year focus on extracurricular activities. Okay. Uh, We have a trip that our sixth graders take to Barrier Island. 
um, not all of our sixth graders, but as mm. many as we can, yeah. Barrier Island, South Carolina. And it's a, a science and history-focused field trip where they sp- they'll spend a week there, and they'll, they'll study the land. They'll study the, the environment to include the wildlife. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, the, the grant funding would provide these students additional excursions, sure. opportunities <laughs> to engage in things, because you can add on different things to these trips. Uh, we take a similar trip in the seventh grade to Tremont in the Smoky Mountains. So one of the grants is related to that. Another grant is focused on our beta club and allowing our beta club to enter additional competitions okay. and provide the funding that they need and the resources to practice and be prepared. Another one is uh, focused on our academic team and purchasing uh, different uh, equipment to allow our academic team to compete in the county. And then we have another one that we are trying to start a marketing club. We have a new spirit shop at Ellis Middle School where uh, students and, and eventually families will be able to purchase gear. And so we want to create a marketing club for our students to be able to manage that spirit shop. So through that funding, mm-hmm. it will create a whole new opportunity, a real-world opportunity for our students to engage in the accounting process, inventory process, <laughs> wow. sales great. process. That's great. Um, so we're excited. Well, I got to tell you, I, I, I would not want to be on the selection committee. Yes. How do you narrow these down? It was like they're all such great ideas. Hats off to the Golden Apple <laughs> and the Chamber Foundation for putting this thing on and good luck with it we'll see what thank happens you, with it but we've been talking with principal adam cripps uh, the principal over at ellis middle school thank you so much for uh, i know you got to run and you got all kind of things to do but thank you for coming in and, and sharing with us you're always a wealth of information i do appreciate this opportunity mr shannon anytime that i can share the wonderful things happening at ellis, ellis middle school and in the community of hendersonville i'm going to jump on that opportunity so thank you one ellis yes sir <laughs> all right all right that's going to wrap it up for this particular segment uh, we'll be back with more of Sumner County Spotlight. Thanks for listening to Sumner County Spotlight, a weekly public affairs program heard each and every Sunday right here on WHIN. Or you can listen on our podcast page at whinradio.com. If you'd like to become a sponsor of this program, reach out to me, Jeff Shannon, at jeff at whinradio.com. Here we are at Sumner County Spotlight, uh, returning here with Jeff Shannon. And I've got a brand new guest in the studio, and I I heard about this organization, an event that they're putting on I was just fascinated with. And so I thought I'd call in uh, Dave Moomy here with the VFW Post 9851 right here in Hendersonville. And Commander, good to have you along. Glad to be here. Thank you, Jeff. We have this thing called Voice of Democracy, which I I was just fascinated about. And I think a lot of people maybe have never heard of this before, but I think it's it's an incredible program. Can you just fill us in what this is about? Sure, glad to. The uh, Voice of Democracy was started by the VFW in 1947, immediately after World War II, and has been growing ever since. It's an essay contest for students in high school, for ninth grade through 12th grade. Okay. They have a write an essay contest. They also then record an audio reading of their essay okay. and submit that to the VFW post that's their closest post. The post then grades those, and if they conform with the theme, this year's theme, by the way, for the Voice of Democracy is what are the greatest attributes of our democracy? So they'll write an essay. Ooh, that's heavy. That's a heavy one, <laughs> yes, sir. The, they'll write an essay uh, in response to that, how they understand that, and uh, submit it. They submit a voice recording. We listen to both the voice recording and read the, the essay. The essay generally runs three to five minutes when being read out loud. So we, we move from there. And if they win it at our post level, then they get promoted to 
entered the district contest. They win the district, they're entered in the state contest, and if they're entered the winner of the of the district and state contests, then they get promoted to national. And so every year they have the, the national winners from each state get together in Washington, D.C. on an all-expense-paid trip to Washington, D.C. They get to tour the Washington, D.C., see the monuments, meet with their congressmen sometimes, and then they have a big gala event where they announce the winners. The the grand winner at the national level is a $35,000 scholarship. Second, That'll come in handy. Yes, sir. <laughs> yeah. Just haven't put my grandson into, into college. I know how yeah. handy that would be. And yeah. uh, and then the second place gets like $20,000 and they work their one way down. So everybody wins at least $1,000 out of, out of the over 50 mm. entries because they have entries from the BFW posts uh, from overseas in the Pacific and wow. Europe. I mean, that's a lot of people. Uh, so, that are participating. Yeah. What I saw a figure like twenty five thousand ninth graders, ninth through twelfth graders. Uh, so you, you got some good numbers in there, but I mean that topic right there that that's pretty intense. Yeah, it's <laughs> a good it's a good strong topic for them to work on. Mm-hmm. And uh, and we were fortunate last year the national winner actually came from the state of Tennessee. He was a young man down in Winchester, Tennessee, and he was the national winner of the $135,000 towards his scholarship day. So he made it all the way. Wow. Yeah, he made it all the way, yeah. What was the topic last year? Uh, I don't Can't remember. remember. <laughs> you, you didn't prep me for that one, Jeff. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and now that you said that, because I, I think we had maybe had talked about it maybe last year about it. Maybe it was at yeah. the Chamber Leeds or something, but uh, that, that was pretty impressive that somebody from Tennessee could do it. But, hey, it can be done. Yeah. Yeah. It only takes one person writing a good essay to right. go all the way. So when the, I guess, the National Post, uh, the... Yeah, Voices of Democracy, I guess, headquarters or what have you. I guess that's what they would have. So how how are they raising that money? They have uh, national sponsors. They have okay. actually some gentleman that supports the, the all the prize money that's given to the Voice of Democracy and the Patriot Pen courses. So they the national VFW raises their own money. The VFW post here in Hendersonville, 9851, has various fundraising events uh, mm-hmm. during the year to raise money, and then the, the proceeds from those events are used to go into what we call our relief fund, which not only funds our veterans' food pantry we do every Saturday, but also allows us to fund prizes for the Voice of Democracy and other contests that, that we run. When you have all of these uh, these people submitting these essays, has it always been a, a vocal, so you have to submit a voice uh, reading that as well for the high school? schoolers yes as far as i can recall that i've been involved in the program over 10 years that's there's always been a a voice part of it they used to be on eight track tapes and then they moved to (laughs) to cd roms and then they moved to thumb drives and and actually this year they're trying out a new process where flyer that comes up tells you about the event has a qr code on it and the students will scan that qr code into their phone or their ipad or whatever sign up put in all their pertinent information name address etc get their parents signature on the form also because none of this is done without parental approval and then they'll write up their essay and record it with this new application and submit it and then for the first time all the judges in the contest at the post and other other levels will get the entries that for their appropriate situation be electronic means and not just mm-hmm. a couple sheets of paper with a with a printed out essay on it or, or a thumb drive to right. listen to so 
So I want to let, we're going to say this several times during this during this program, but what's the best way for people to get a hold of that form? Uh, it's on Facebook. It's probably the easiest way. Because I've seen you post it several times up there, so yeah. that's good. And wh- how, what what is your, just VFW Post 9851? Facebook page is VFW Post I think it's VFW 9851 just okay. by itself. Okay. So uh, they just scan that it, right on there. And then they can see that form and scan that QR code and uh, and uh, proceed from there to, to submit submit their entry. Okay. And just, I mean, a list of requirements and everything would be listed there. Yeah, on uh, the, right. Everything yeah. that you would need would be right there. Here. So if you have a you know, ninth through 12th grader that wants to participate, there you go. You just yeah. get that information. That'll work. Yeah. So. And I think it's a, a great idea, but it, I just think, you know, having this topic... I mean, they're going to really have to think about it. Now, let me just throw this at you. How about AI? Because ChatGBT, I mean, they could write this thing out well, actually, in two actually, seconds. Actually, they just came out. I just received an email talking about that okay. from the National VFW. And they have a program that they will run each entry through <laughs> that will tell it whether it actually was written by, by ChatGP or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. So... So no, it has to be original. Oh, well, that's great. They, they've already thought about that that situation and, and have taken steps to prevent that from being used to generate a, yeah. an essay. Because that would just be too easy. <laughs> wow. <Yeah. laughs> you know, let somebody else do your thinking is not what the purpose of this is. Yeah, so yeah. It's make yeah. you think. So. Yeah. Well, it, that's impressive. I got to tell you that you know because you know that's a thing and it's yeah. getting more and more prevalent and people are using it for for more and more things. So it's just I even went on there one time. I just want to see what it would do. And I said, you know, give me a, a, a sixty second commercial on skincare. And it went like two seconds. It was done. Yeah. And, it was, it, and you have to tweak it and things like that. But it was impressive. It was like, okay, <laughs> yeah, save a lot of time. <laughs> well, let me tell you about a couple other programs that the VFW is running, yeah. too. The, uh, for our middle school students, we have what we call the Patriot's Pen Essay Contest. And again, the students are given a topic. And the, and the uh, Patriot's Pen theme this year is, How Are You Inspired by America? And they write an essay. Again, they scan the QR code on, on for the Patriot's Pen portion of the... Mm-hmm of the contest their entries will be submitted automatically and then there is no audio part for the Patriots pen okay. it's strictly a written entry for the students and that's for our middle school students in grades six seven and eight and again they win at the post for prizes they win at our district which we live in district four post 9851s in district four in the state of tennessee and then they if you win the district again you get reviewed at the state you win the state goes to national the national winner for the patriots pen contest is a five thousand dollar award so i'll take that I would too. So, so they have to do like a three to four hundred word essay. Three for, to four hundred word yeah, essay. Okay. All right. It works it out to do that, so they get recognition, and and then we have a third contest going on, which is for the teachers, and this is where we select the teacher of the year for the various grade levels. So there'll be a teacher of the year for the elementary schools, a teacher of the year for middle school, and teacher of the year for the high schools. Okay. Mm-hmm. So we look for entries from all of those. And what do the teachers have to submit? Well, they have to submit a form and and basically a one-page resume or so about how they teach patriotism things in okay. the, in the classroom. Talk about their experiences working with students, etc. Okay. Can uh, can they be nominated? They can be nominated. Okay. Anybody can submit it of a teacher of the okay. year of the year form so if you have a favorite teacher out there that uh, your student likes or you like uh, look up 
for the information. Again, it'll be on our Facebook page. You can submit it for your favorite teacher and get them submitted. And again, okay. we give out awards at post district, state, and national levels for that. So. Yeah. Okay. Well, my God, there's a lot of great teachers. There sure <laughs> you are. You know, they're doing some great things. And the fact that we're talking about patriotism, especially these days and times, I think it's it's very important that you know that's being brought out. And I think we need more of it. You know, to get people supporting this country yeah. and, yeah. and knowing where we've come from all these years to where we're at now. So it, it's a great cause. Now, again, if you want information on this, you need to go to Facebook and go to the VFW 9851. Just search for that. It's going to pop up. Or if you just type Voices of Democracy, you're going to come up as yeah, well. You can also get details on all of these programs by going to the national VFW site, which is vfw.org uh, website and uh, name and, and look under community involvement. And there you'll find scholarship and teacher information yeah. underneath there. Well, can't get any easier than that. No, it should be nice simple. and easy. Now we just got to get the kids fired up. That's right. So, I said, what, I got to write this big old long thing? Yeah. <laughs> I will be uh, sending letters to each of the principals of the appropriate schools with the information for the contest appropriate to their schools. So, like, high school principals will get Voice of Democracy and Teacher of the Year. Middle school will get Patriots Pen and Teacher of the Year. And our elementary schools will only get the Teacher of the Year uh, information okay. so that they do it now i do it only for the schools that surround hendersonville okay beach mm-hmm. station camp hendersonville high merrill hyde for the high schools and uh, a number of middle schools and a number of elementary schools there are other vfw posts within sumner county in westmoreland well it's not really in uh, sumner county but lafayette but uh, mm-hmm. in macon county and one out in white house area you have liberty creek on that and Liberty Creek's also in there, yeah. So yeah. they get the information for the, yeah, all three great, all three schools that they have there. So. That's right. Look at their name, Liberty. That's well, right. that fits right in. That's right in. Right. <laughs> well, I, I will tell you, they, they have some great educators, all of our Sumner County schools. We were just uh, we were talking with uh, Principal Adam Cripps, mm-hmm. and they're doing such a great job over there at Ellis Middle School and participating in the program and in the Golden Apple grants that they come to the teachers. So we're, we're real impressed with the, the Summer County Schools. And, of course, with, with Scott Langford taking over now, he's uh, got a great vision for the county, and they're doing some great things. So we're just uh, this is going to be another way that we can promote the people here in Summer County. Yeah, I've, I've posted this on Facebook, and people will obviously that are interested in a program share it and one of the people that shared it was uh, scott langford and mm-hmm. shared shared yeah. my post on on these programs so i was real pleased to see that that yeah right from the top we'll do it but i will send paper copies to the various schools so that they can put them on bulletin boards etc for the yeah. students to oh, see. that sounds great we're talking about uh, david movie here with the vfw post here in hendersville 9851 and of course you can find them on facebook at vfw 9851 just search for that you'll get all that information and seeing all the other things that they're doing and in fact we're going to talk more with david here in a minute because we got a lot of things the post is doing here for for summer county and continue talking about our voices of democracy an incredible program so stick around we'll have more right here at Sumner County Spotlight. Thanks for listening to Sumner County Spotlight, a weekly public affairs program heard each and every Sunday right here on WHIN. Or you can listen on our podcast page at whinradio.com. If you'd like to become a sponsor of this program, reach out to me, Jeff Shannon, at jeff at whinradio.com. And we're back at Sumner County Spotlight. Uh, Jeff Shannon right here on this uh, Sunday morning. Uh, You know, 
you can listen to a lot of our episodes at whinradio.com, and you've heard us talking about that, but you can head to the podcast page and, and check out all of these episodes. We appreciate that, and uh, be fantastic that if you take care of that. So mm-hmm. we're going to talk uh, more with David Moomy here. The He's a commander, or was a commander, but are you the commander of the post? No. I'm oh, you're the senior vice commander. That's there the you second go. guy in charge. Okay, all right. You don't need all the headaches. No, that's right. <laughs> you got it easy. I just do all the work. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. And you know, your post is is really active. I mean, I, I see a lot of things you're doing. Uh, you're heavily involved with the chamber, uh, which really helps to get your word out. But you, you're really involved in a lot of different things. Like this Voices of a Democracy uh, program, I th- I think is magnificent and. You know, you really help to a, a lot of kids, especially if we can get them here locally. We just got to get them to participate in this thing. And it doesn't cost them anything to participate, right? No, there's no entry fee at all. Okay. So you just have to go and uh, find that, that flyer out on their Facebook page, the VFW Post 9851, and scan that QR code and take it from there. So it's risk-free. Mm-hmm. The kids just got to put in the work for it. All right. Not going to make it really easy, but mm-hmm. uh, but I like how so the seniors have to write the essay and then they have to vocalize it. So they have to create an MP3 file of them reading their essay. I can't get into the QR app to see how that really works, but I assume that that's I'm told it's all in there and that's yeah. whatever. It's an MP3 file or whatever they're using. I'm not sure, but yeah. Uh, yeah. they will. Uh, it'll prompt them then to to when it's time to read their essay. Yeah. No, that's, I think it's a great idea. Um, and then even with the middle school, they even get a chance to, to win some cash as well. So uh, it's all right there and, and checking it out. Your post actually has been involved in a lot of things. And you have fundraisers that you do. You have the big food pantry that you do on Saturdays. Let's first talk about the, the food pantry and let everybody know how that's going and how they can help with that. And then we'll talk about this uh, big old golf tournament you got coming up. Okay. Well, first on the food pantry, it's a joint effort between VFW Post 9851 and, and the... Uh, Vietnam Veterans of America, Chapter 240, here in Hendersonville. Mm-hmm. So, and we've been doing this for 15 years now at this point. Uh, it's every Saturday morning from 9 to 11 at the VFW post off of that New Shackle, New area. Shackle Road there. Yeah. So, and uh, it's behind the wine cellar if, to get up to the building. So, we're not quite real obvious from the street sometimes. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. we have plenty of food. We can always use more donations, obviously, as we. Uh, use up the tomato soup we got to replenish the supply and now what the, kind of items would you request people bring well we're, we'll take anything that canned goods and staples okay things that will last things right. that yeah. last so yeah and so but we have and our food pantry is is um, i think unique to some of the food pantries around that our our patrons can shop we give them a list of the things that we have all of the time basically and then they check off what items they want. We put together a package for them when they come around to the various stations that we have. So mm-hmm. we have a station for canned goods. So And then uh, we'll fill their order for canned goods and then they'll move on to our dry goods. And that's, you know, that's pasta and cereal and uh, flour and pancake mix and corn muffin and peanut butter and jelly and then all those kinds of items. And we'll put together their order for that. The third stop is at our refrigerated building when we have fruit, vegetables, meat. Sometimes we have uh, dairy products like milk or juice to hand out. Okay. And then they move on to the last station, which is our bread and pastry section. And we get large donations from the various grocery stores around Hendersonville with bread and, and pastry items. And so they can choose what they need there. Okay. 
And then we'll help them take all that out to their car. And uh, So to come and take advantage of the food pantry, what are their requirements that they we, have to be? We have two requirements for picking up food. One, you have to be a resident of Sumner County. And two, you have to be the veteran or the spouse of a, of a veteran. Okay. Then uh, we'll verify those two things through a driver's license and a VA ID card or something along those lines. So they can bring their DD-214 or something like that. They can bring their DD-214. Yeah. That yeah. works very well. Okay. Now, if they don't have that, how do you how are you going to be able to verify it? They say, I'm a veteran, man. I'm, you know, because well, you know people will play the system. Yeah, you we know. get people to play the system every now and then, but... Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> but actually, the first time anybody comes, we trust them and we'll give them the food. So a story I tell is if Bill Gates showed up on Saturday morning and said he needed food, we'd say, sure, Bill, here's, here's what you get. <laughs> and uh, when he shows up the second week, we'd ask him for a couple million dollar donation to the <laughs> food pantry. But, uh, but he would get food the first time. The second time, we, we want you to bring in any documentation to prove that you can be a continuous customer. Right. And once... Once we've approved you, pretty much the, you can pick up food every Saturday after that. Wow. We close rarely. I think we've closed maybe five or six times in the 15 years, and that's only due to, like, a big snowstorm on Friday night before Saturday morning distribution time. So we know our snowstorms are, yeah, our snowstorms around here are like an inch. Well, uh, that's an inch. we got to shut down the whole city. whole county <laughs> shut down. <laughs> yeah. Whatever it is, you know, <laughs> we, we work on the safety of our patrons to come out in there and do that. So now, if it's, at this same time that the, the pantry is going on, is this the only time they can bring, buy, and donate items uh, well, to the pantry? Well, that's the best time because yeah. there'd be somebody there to receive them. Uh, it's amazing how many times we'll come into the post on the, in the middle of the week and find something sitting on the doorstep, basically, okay. that somebody right. left off. Well, we do get a lot of people that come by Saturday mornings and uh, to make a donation, drop it off at, okay. at that point. And you can always call the post at uh, 615-824-9851 and talk to somebody or leave a message and we'll get back to you and arrange a particular time that you can only get there Thursday morning at uh, 9.30. Okay. We can probably arrange to have somebody there to open the door and let you in or tell you what to do with the right. food. So. So back in the day when this thing started, what, what prompted you to, I mean, not you maybe, but the initiation of this food pantry, who prompted that? Well, there was, it was just a, we felt there was a need for veterans that uh, were struggling with their life. As some, some were going to struggle their whole life. Some are maybe in between jobs and just needed a little assistance. Mm-hmm. And so they come for a few weeks till they get a new job. We actually had uh, somebody that uh, came, picked up food, needed it for a while, finally got his VA claim approved, and he came back and donated food back to the food pantry because now he was back on financial stability. So Yeah, see, there are good people good in the world. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Now, that's a, that's a great idea. So what is the, since you've been involved, what is one of the, the greatest things you've learned about this, this process in helping veterans? Well, it, it's very heartwarming to me personally to be able to, to help those that, to need assistance. Besides the food pantry, we also provide financial assistance to, to veterans. So pretty typical on a Saturday morning to have a veteran stop by, not a member of the post, come in and say he needs help with his water bill or his electric bill, and we'll mm-hmm. provide some funding to to support that. Mm-hmm. We don't provide cash to the, the person, but we take their bill and go online and pay it or write a check just to NES for $200 with it, 
Yeah. Number that's a smart idea. Bill. <laughs> so. Smart idea with that, that's for sure. But the Post is doing other great things, and it takes a little bit to kind of run this beast. So there you have fundraisers that come in. Yeah, our big fundraiser going on and getting ready to do right now is our annual golf tournament, which will be held Saturday, September the 30th at Country Hills Golf Course here in Hendersonville. Tee-off time is at 1 o'clock. Registration starts at 11 or so. We're looking for teams to play, and we're looking for sponsors, okay? All the money that proceeds from that then go to help. All that is dedicated to our relief fund. So it goes to our food pantry it goes to our voice of democracy awards it goes to the financial assistance to veterans that we provide it does not go to keep the lights on in the building oh, or mow really? the grass or those kind of things okay. we have other funding sources for those jobs so that what we raise from the golf tournament is strictly to help the veterans here in sumner county so how many teams are you hoping to get well right now i think i have 23 teams i'd take a few more okay mm-hmm. so we're looking to have a good turnout and what does it cost them to, to well it's probably the cheapest golf tournament in the world okay <laughs> it's a 75 dollars a player 300 dollars for a foursome mm-hmm. and you get to play you get range balls you get a barbecue dinner after the thing we also have a silent auction there with various gifts right now we've got several golf clubs and gift tickets gift certificates from local restaurants etc that okay. you can bid on so that's one more ray we try to raise a little extra money with with the golf tournament situation well and as far as sponsorship so you have hold sponsors you have uh, yeah, all these we have different kind of things. sponsor levels all the way from a hundred dollars for being a whole sponsor to seventy five hundred dollars to what our is our technology sponsor and there's one thousand two thousand and five thousand steps okay. in there so and you know if you want to give two hundred dollars and well we'll make you two whole sponsors okay yeah you know, yeah kind of deal so and, and if you only have $50 then you'd still like to donate it, we'd be happy to take your donation that way also. Now, you have something special going on. You have a hole-in-one contest? Yeah, we always have had a hole-in-one contest. This year we are offering a $25,000 prize for anybody that makes a hole-in-one on a specific hole. We have to assign a couple of uh, watchers to make sure that... Uh, didn't get kicked in by somebody else who, on well, the other side. But, yeah, uh, well, Country Hills, I mean, that's pretty hilly over there. I yeah, mean, you, a, you're going to get some exercise around there, but you you, you might pick a hole that's uh, it's yeah, not going to be easy, let's say that. It's always been hole seven, okay, Okay. all the tournaments I've done over there anyway. And I can't even get to halfway <laughs> to the green, much less on the green, so yeah. money's safe when I'm playing, I can tell you that much. Yeah, so. but it looks like, hey, that's, that's no brand, then you hit it. No, forget mm-hmm. about it. <laughs> Whenever you think it's easy, it's, it, it ends up not being, you know. It's not like Tiger Woods. He, you know, use a putter to do that, you know. But Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, so I think it's a great uh, a great thing. So if, if if they want the information, again, go to the Facebook page, the VFW 9851. Yep. You're going to have all the information ab- about the, the golf tournament on there. They fill you in on everything that you need. Yeah, there's, an, again, there, there's a, one of these QR codes that will lead you to some place so you can register and pay online, so to speak, uh, by following the instructions on a QR code. You can register your team, you can register your sponsorship money. Well, it sounds great. Now, over the years, you, you've been involved with this post for how long now? Oh, let's see. I've lived here 15 years, I guess. Okay. So. There had to be some times during the course of this where you've met an individual that really kind of touched your heart a lot. I mean, I know there's probably many stories and things that you've heard from veterans and things that they've gone through, but there had to have been, you know, a couple of them that really uh, fired you up. Uh, oh, we got one fellow that comes every week to pick up food, and he has a very severely disabled adult son. 
Oh. And it's one of the things that I ran into working at the Post is the, the group of the Special Needs Foundation, which are young adults, basically, that are, in some extent, high school students that are severely disabled in some manner. I hope that's the right term. But, yeah. uh, and to be moved and how hard they work life to try to be normal and do normal things and and do that. And, and then look at the at the struggles and how hard the parents struggle to make their children be normal, mm-hmm. okay, and try to lead a normal life and do normal things. So, well, and, and, and you know, there had to be these, these, some of these great people that, you know, especially our veterans who had served, especially in the Vietnam area, because that was pretty horrific, you know, war as yeah. it is. And no war is fabulous, but we had a, a lot of casualties come out of that war, you know. Yeah, certainly did. And, uh, and at the Post, we got... We still have, I think, one or two World War II veterans that are probably over 100 years old. Wow. You know, we've just unfortunately lost several veterans here in the last few months. Mm. But I would say the majority of members at the VFW Post are also Vietnam War veterans yeah. at, at this point. And we're always... Our goal is to, to bring in the, the newer and younger veterans because uh, we need to keep the VFW alive because it's the organization that fights your battles as a veteran with the, right. with Congress to get the benefits that we need. If it hadn't been for the VFW and several other veteran service organizations like the American Legion, Vietnam Vets, etc., we wouldn't have gotten the recent PACT Act approved that will provide benefits to all the Afghanistan Iraqi veterans that are mm-hmm. suffering from the effects of burn pits and other problems during yeah. that war. So it, it but it takes organizations on a national level that can work with, with Congress to enact the, the things that provide the health benefits to the veterans that have sure. suffered from something that occurred during their active duty service time. Yeah. Well, I mean, continue doing what you're doing. You're doing some awesome things. We're, we're so proud of you and so glad you're aboard because you keep us informed. So we, we definitely appreciate that. So we've been talking with David Moomy. He's over at the VFW Post 9851 here in Hendersonville. Uh, please check him out with all this information on Facebook. Just type that post number in there. You'll be able to find it. Get the voices of democracy. Get your children involved in that. So, David, thank you so much for spending some time with us. Oh, glad to be here. All thank right. you very much for the opportunity to share the word. Absolutely. All right. Another edition's over right here with Sumner County Spotlight. I'm your host, Jeff Shannon. I hope you'll uh, join us next week. And if you want to listen on the podcast page, you can do so at whinradio.com. So until next week, we'll see you then on Sumner County Spotlight. Sumner County Spotlight will return next Sunday morning at 10 a.m. Thanks for listening.